We all have a yearning for love, but relationships can be confusing and complicated. Dr. Tammy Balashevsky says it all starts from within. It starts with a journey to center. Here's your host for Journey to Center on Empower Radio, Dr. Tammy Balashevsky. Hello, my beautiful one, my dear one, my darling. How are you today? So change, we may think we want it or we may resist it intensely, but change is inevitable. And as change occurs, a natural emotion can be to grieve. Perhaps it's the loss of our youth, our health, a job, our home, a friend, a precious pet, a spouse, a child, or a sibling. If you live long enough, it seems inevitable you will experience loss. And though it can be confusing and agonizing, this may also be a doorway for transformation. Grieving is part and parcel of our human condition, and if we are open to reflecting on its most unwelcome aspects, this may indeed become exquisitely fertile ground for growth and change. The gift of grief grief can assist us in becoming more authentic, compassionate, service-oriented, and more fully awake, aware, and conscious human beings. It is the crack that light shines through, and I know for me, grief has inspired me to reach for the light and shine brighter in a world that has never needed it more. Here to have this important, helpful, and very healing conversation is my guest, Claire Willis. Claire is a clinical social worker who has worked in the fields of oncology and bereavement for more than 20 years. She is the co-founder of the Boston nonprofit Facing Cancer Together and has led bereavement, end-of-life support, and therapeutic writing groups. She's taught spiritual resources for healing the body, mind, and spirit at Andover Newton Theological School in Massachusetts. Claire maintains a private practice in Brooklyn, Massachusetts, as a lay Buddhist chaplain ordained by Joan Hafflix at Upland Zen Center in Santa Fe. She focuses on contemplative practices for end-of-life care. Claire is also an experienced yoga teacher and the author of two books, Lasting Words, A Guide to Finding Meaning Toward the Close of Life, and her new book, which she co-authored with Marnie Crawford Samuelson, Opening to Grief, Finding Your Way from Loss to Peace. So, Claire, thank you so much for saying yes to this conversation today. Thank you so much for having me, Tammy. That introduction pretty much summarizes the book. (laughs) (laughs) And your book is exquisite. You call it a companion for walking through grief. So can you tell me more about why you wrote this book and how you hope it supports people? Uh, Yeah. Um, Let me just say a couple of things. One of the things that happened was the endorsers that we have for the book, many of them wrote that this was a companion. And it was such a compliment to Marnie and me because the word companion means one with whom you break bread. And what we wanted was for the book to feel like uh, someone was walking alongside the reader because grief can be so lonely and we wanted it to feel like a friend and not just an information book or a how-to book or anything like that. So I I wrote the book in part because I found myself saying the same things over and over and over in my bereavement group. How you're grieving is normal. It will take as long as it takes. You will get through the first year and these holidays, there were certain questions that just kept repeating themselves. And I thought, oh, I'm going to put this in a book because this needs to be normalized. And I think one of the things that happened is that there are some models of grief in our culture 
that have gotten overlaid on people's grieving process, and they are comparing themselves to some of these models, and they come up short with criticism and shame every time. And so what I wanted to do was to normalize this process. And certainly with COVID, everybody in the world has experienced some grief of some sort. So I want to talk about the word grief. You know, I I was diagnosed with clinical depression at one point in my life, but later came to understand it was more than just that. So can you talk about... Um, the emotional components and complexities of grief? Oh, yeah. Um, you know, um, the word grief, um, people think of the word grief as meaning sorrow, sadness, despair, maybe depression. But there are many, there is many expressions of grief, really, as there are people who are grieving. So gratitude is an expression of grief. Relief is an expression of grief. Agitation, anger, rage, impatience, irritability, all of these are expressions of grief. It's not what people normally think of as just sorrow and sadness. And I think one of the things that often happens in families is if people are grieving differently, um, some people will feel the others aren't grieving because they aren't grieving the way they are. And that creates often tension in families that need not be there. But other, so those are some of the emotional components of grief. But then you have behavioral ones where um, people can't sleep, they overeat, they undereat, they overwork, they underwork. They overexercise, they get lethargic. So there's, there's a lot of ways that grief can express itself. Mm. And I know this is true. And I'm, I'm actually dealing with a few people that are dealing with situations where they're in the process of losing a loved one, like with a terminal illness. And mm. I think they're experiencing anticipatory grief, but also grieving the loss of the person they knew, the health they had, the relationships they enjoyed. Can you talk a little bit about that? Oh, yeah. Um, that is anticipatory grief. But alongside it, are, people are grieving what they call in the literature secondary losses. So, for instance, in my bereavement groups, mostly it's people who have lost partners. And one of the things that they'll talk about is that when their partner died, they lost that person, but then they may have lost some of their friendships. They may have lost an economic stability. They may end up losing their home. They may end up getting sick and losing their their health. Um, there are many losses that accompany somebody um, who has died or someone they anticipate dying. And mm -hmm. friendship networks are one of the big things that change for people because frequently I hear that people come forward that they didn't expect and people back away that they thought would come forward. And mm -hmm. that's a very, very common experience. Mm. So you bring up something, segues nicely into something I want to discuss with you. Say, for instance, I, I know somebody, and I do, who's going through some intense challenges. One of my friend's husbands died in a plane crash on Valentine's Day. And um, my sister oh is my going God. through the process of losing her husband through a very cruel terminal illness. How would you suggest I can be with my friend and my sister in a way that is most helpful to them? Um, I would... What I don't say is I'm so sorry. I think that's an overworked phrase. But mm -hmm. to come forth, um, first of all, with, 
with the one who's died, I would say I would love to hear as much as you want to say about mm. whatever the person's name was when you'd like to talk, is to express a willingness to be present to hearing about her sorrow, to hearing about the person she lost, and perhaps hearing about how he or she died. That's mm. that's one thing. I think when someone is dying, it's a little bit different. Um, when people say, let me know how I can support you, it's putting the onus of responsibility on the caregiver who's mm-hmm. already burdened with care. And I often suggest, say to them, I'd like to get you some groceries. Can you make me a list? Or can I pick up the children today? Or I'd like to walk the dog. Is to volunteer the concrete tasks that you Mm. know need to be done and that are helpful rather than saying, I want to support you, let me know. Is if we know each other well enough, we know what the the things are. Or let me do a load of laundry for you. Leave it at the door and I'll I'll bring it back. Just these concrete daily things that can be overwhelming for someone who's taking care of someone who's dying. I love hearing that. I, um, my stepsister lost her husband. She goes, if I hear one more person say, how can I support you? I'm going to tell them I need a washing machine. <laughs> and so that's actually really helpful because that is something <laughs> I have said, what can I do? What can I do? You know? And it's like, I guess that's not always a helpful thing to say. It sounds helpful and it's well-meaning, yes. but it puts the onus on somebody who's already burdened. So it's not that it's wrong, and I, I want to make this distinction because it mm-hmm. is well-meaning, and that accounts for something, but it's probably not the most helpful thing. I appreciate hearing that, and that's helpful. <laughs> so something I know <laughs> from, my, <laughs> from my personal experiences, I've peeled off layers of grief and, and um, walked through my journey of grief, is that it can really make you raw, but it can also make you authentic. And this is a quote. Did you say that, blah? Uh, raw, like just raw, just rattled and raw. Oh, raw, raw. Okay. Yes, yes. 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 And this is something you say that I just love. Grief can be seen as an invitation to grow and eventually find meaning in suffering and in the experience of loss. A heart that is broken open offers a precious gift, a chance to become more authentic with yourself and with other people. And I bet you've seen this a lot, Claire. Can you talk a little bit about the gift of breaking open? Yeah. Um, You know, one of the things that I hear in my bereavement group a lot is, and I think I've just alluded to this a few moments ago, is that a lot of people back away um, in the face of loss. And mostly they back away because they aren't familiar with how to hold loss in themselves. Ah. So. One of the things that I invite people to do is to be with their grief, come to know their grief so that they can be with all the parts of being a human being. And that will allow them to companion other people who are grieving in an authentic and meaningful way. If we can't tolerate grief in ourselves, we are certainly not going to be able to tolerate it in those around us. And there's not a lot of support in our culture for overt grieving because we're much too focused on being task oriented. We're in in an entrepreneurial sort of culture where individualism, rugged individualism is valued. And that's not what grief is about. (laughs) Grief is about, you know, heart to heart touching. And when you start to, the first chapter in our book is actually called kindness. And we did that deliberately because 
the, the, the most important thing about being with grief is allowing it and being kind towards it and not judging yourself for however you're feeling, but just being with it tenderheartedly and gently so that it can move through us in the ways it needs to. But it, invariably, when we've lost somebody and we've allowed grief to move through us, we can become healers with other people who are experiencing loss and we can be with them in much more meaningful ways. I know this is so true. I had uh, a friend call me and she had said, Tammy, I just lost um, someone close to me through suicide. And I had absolutely no idea how to be with her or what to do. The very following week, my best friend committed suicide and I called her and she dropped everything she drove over, she picked me up and drove me to the beach and she sat there and she just held me and she knew what to do because she had just gone through it. And then because I had gone through it, I knew how right. to be with others that were going through a process right. of grief. Mm-hmm. We kind of pay that for because we have um, an understanding of the terrain, I believe. That is a beautiful example, Tammy, of what I just said. It is just a beautiful example. Suicide is one of those things, there are no words. It's a wordless experience. There's no words in the face of a suicide, except to be present and be willing to be there with the person, to bear that suffering in another person. It's beautiful that she held you. It's just so beautiful. Yeah, it was was very, it was, it was, I don't even know how to explain it. It was incredible. It's very healing. Um, and and you yeah. mentioned something, and I felt like she was this for me, and my intention is to be this for others. And I don't know if you called it a grief companion, a grief partner, a grief buddy. Can you tell me about that? Yeah, I mean, not everybody has a friendship network that can hold grief. And so there, there's a wonderful website um, that I often refer people to called What's Your Grief, WYG.com. And they have have written about the suggestion of finding a grief friend. It's finding someone, it might be in your church or your synagogue or your local mosque or any organization you belong to who you know has suffered a loss. And to identify that person as someone that you're going to connect with on a regular basis, because that person knows the territory. And we all need a grief friend. I think in the best of all circumstances, um, someone who's just lost someone they love would find a bereavement group, a well-run bereavement group mm-hmm. where they can, people can finish one another's sentences. That's kind of the way I think about it is finishing each other's sentences because mm-hmm. they have such a deep shared experience. Yes, they've been through together. Yes. And as you'd mentioned, Claire, it can be very interesting who comes forward and can be present with it and who can't. When I'd lost my best friend friend through suicide, I was in this well of grief. I was in my closet. I was crying. And my husband came in and I kind of expected him to hug me. And he just watched me cry and he walked away. And and it took me a minute to figure out what Mm -hmm. was going on. It was that, oh, he... He's not walked through this, so he doesn't know how to be with me. And I was grateful to have the presence of mind right. so that it didn't hurt my feelings. And then it made me realize someday when he does experience grief, I will know how to be present with him. And that did happen. He apologized for not knowing what to do with me. He goes, Tammy, you sounded like the cowardly lion from the Wizard of Oz. I just, I didn't know, I'd never seen anything like that. I didn't know what to do with you. 
And uh, he wasn't wrong. <laughs> but that I, is so, that is, that's so, that's such a perfect example of how grief can transform us. That's mm-hmm. such an important story you're telling, Tammy. That's, that's a wonderful story. And I mean, it's wonderful and it's painful, but it's one, it has a wonderful ending, so to speak. My, um, the friend that I had mentioned that had died in a plane crash on Valentine's Day was one of my husband's dearest friends. And it rattled him to oh. the core. And he cried and cried and cried. And I knew how to be with him. And I suspected one day he would crack open to some grief. And then I would know how to be yeah. present with him. And and I was sorry. I was so um, heartbroken on his behalf. And I was heartbroken for me. But I knew how to just be. And you'd talk about heart-to-heart touching intimacy, vulnerability, authenticity. So I'm grateful for the gift of grief. I don't want it and I wouldn't wish it on anyone, but I know it's it's important and it's a profound gift. I agree with you, but I would, I, I mean, one of the things that I would just say to anybody who's listening, don't ever tell someone who's grieving that their grief is a gift because each of us has to find that out for ourselves. Oh, if, you are we so tell right. Who's in raw grief that this is a gift? They'll cut your head off. <laughs> you know. It, you bring up really a good point. We have to come to. Yeah, know? I didn't say that to him, but I knew it for me, and I think you bring up a very, oh, no, I'm very sure you valid did. point. <laughs> Honey, this is a wonderful thing. This is a well, gift. you know, I, no. <laughs> I, I work with people with cancer, and one of the things that I talk about is some. There are no gifts of cancer. But there are gifts that emerge from having had the, the gift is not the cancer, but there are gifts that emerge from having had it where people um, discover. And I think it's the same with grief, unexpected strengths or un, they may encounter unexpected kindnesses or the unexpected happens in the face of these crises. And those can be gifts, but the crisis itself is not a gift. And I think that's right. the distinction that's important to make here. You are so right about this. That's why you're the expert here. Um, I was um, recently having I'm a not conversation. No, I, you're not. I'm just someone who has experience. No, I'm not an expert. Don't feel me that way. Uh, well, <laughs> I, I, I see you as a profound example of someone who knows the terrain and holds space in a masterful way. So I, I use the word expert, but I understand if that's something you're not comfortable with. Yes. Thank okay, you. We, we won't put that in your bio then. <laughs> but you are okay. masterful. I will say that. Thanks. So um, something I experienced um, through my uh, the loss of my friend was that I had decided after grieving for quite some period of time, and I know that can be different for everyone, but it was like a year and a half into this. I finally went, okay, I need to make a choice. Am I going to really, am I going to just like stay in this place or am I going to make my life a testament to saying yes to the power of our friendship and the power of love. And fortunately, I came to that conclusion. I'm going to go for it in a way that I'm going to make my life a testament to love because I didn't want to just like dial down my wattage and, and leave like he did. It's like, no, I'm, I'm going to ramp it up and I have, and I am, and I did, and I'm, I'm so grateful that I had the courage and just the um, awareness to to say yes. I'm going to say a resounding yes to my life and love. Even though it hurts, I'm going to live with a wide open 
generous and loving heart. So I think that that can be a fork in the road that many of us approach and have to consider for a while. Have you seen people um, do this themselves as they decide to pay forward their love? Yes. I think what you're talking about, in a, I think another word for what you're talking about is resilience mm-hmm. and you're talking about legacy. And mm-hmm. to, to have that turning point where you decide you're going to go forward and you're going to carry this loss in a way that gives meaning to your life and the lives of others is really a beautiful thing. So I've had a couple of interviews with people who have lost children and made interviewing people around the topic of grief their life's work as a result of the loss of their children. Mm. So I think the other question you're raising is how do we carry the legacy of those we've loved with us? So I think of grief, and and I think Jamie Anderson said this first, that, um, that grief is an expression of love with no place to go. And I really love that. Unfortunately, I discovered that quote after I'd finished the book because it would have been right on the front cover, (laughs) because I love those words. But I think after a period of time when we're grieving, and I noticed you said it was a year and a half, and that's even that is soon, um, we find a way to carry the life and spirit and soul, or however you want to say it, the, the relationship with the person who died with us. And for some people, a lot of people, actually, it's causes. They'll get involved in um, nonprofit events or maybe profitable events that touch on the kind of loss they had, which it sounds like is what you've done with this. Mm. And yeah, that's exactly right. And I love the word legacy. We've actually started a family foundation where I want to pay the legacy forward. And I don't think this could have come to pass had I not said that resounding yes to life and to love. In the book, I I mention a few famous people like Samuel Shepard, oh, I can't think of his first name, I've just had a, a name drop, the gay man who was killed out west, oh, I can't think of his name. Anyway, there's a number of people, I have a friend who lost her husband in 9-11, and uh, she started a center for bereavement outside Boston. Um, And there's a number of people that have done those kinds of things being driven by the passion and the word passion, the derivation of the word passion is suffering. We're passionate Mm -hmm. about things that we've suffered and we want to try and keep other people from suffering what we've lost. And so Mm -hmm. we become passionate about different causes. Yes. And compassionate to suffer with, which is such a, beautiful um, concept and emotion and gift. And I love something you've said, grief and love are intertwined. By acting generously and connecting with others, many people live fully again. And to anyone listening, I would just suggest perhaps setting that intention to live fully again, because that is such a gift to the world. And, um, Claire, what I'd like for you to be able to do now is just let people know where they can get in touch with you, find you, look at your website, maybe get a copy of this amazing companion um, manuscript and uh, know more and learn more from you. Um, I have a website, openingtogrief.com, and people can contact me that way. The book is available at all 
it should be available for order anyway at any local bookstore. I try to urge people not to go on Amazon because I want to support our local bookstores, but it is on Amazon and you can certainly read about it on Amazon and get a sense of the feel of it. But I would urge you to order it from your local bookstore if you have one. Mm, yes, that's wonderful. So Claire, we have like one minute left. And if you were to give a message to somebody who's walking through grief right now, what would that message be? Um, allow yourself, allow your heart to break open. It will bring fruits later. Oh, that's so beautiful. And I know it's so true. Be with your grief and be kind to yourself. Be gentle with yourself. Be compassionate with yourself. Anything else, Claire? Just remember that your grief is an expression of your loving, so allow for it. Oh, I love this so much. Claire, I'm so grateful for this conversation with you and so grateful you said yes to a second conversation with uh, me and with our listeners next week. So if you enjoyed Claire, go get her book and then hang out with us for the next podcast. So know that we're sending you blessings of grace, ease, peace, compassion, gentleness, kindness, and ever expanding love. God bless you. Onward and upward. Bye for now. <music>